The best part for me is when I stop swimming my relay and I get out of the water, I just touch the part of the swimming pool where I have to finish and I get out of the water and I look around and then I see that I'm the first one or the second one so I get the good result and all of my teammates are are around me and they are cheering me up and they are screaming something like good job you did it and I have those emotions there that are feeling my body from the inside and feeling so happy and endorphin and everything is happening inside of me and I have a mind something like I did it This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today, Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018, to 2019 for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you. Thank you all so much for the support. More than 225 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC Church to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, Yale University, Harvard, and the London School of Economics to the United Nations to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel Kiev Future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom. France, Switzerland, and Monaco. Top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland. Top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai. And top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. 
Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people, and this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Evelina Nakonechna. Evelina is a Flex Alumna 2020 and the National Honor Society member 2020, one of the highest honors that can be awarded to a student. She had a GPA of 4.25 and received five letters of recommendations that she demonstrated the four characteristics of scholarship, leadership, service, and character, which are the four pillars of NHS. Born in Truskavets in Lviv Oblast, Evelina loves volunteering, using and improving her skills in the English language, stage learning, meeting new people from all over the world, and teaching. She is obsessed with sports, in particular swimming and yoga. In 2017, she participated in the project Vitkurvai Ukraine for Teenage Development. She won the first place in the contest of creativity and poem retelling in her city. She was a volunteer at the Ukrainian Youth of Christ Festival and she was head of student council. In 2019, she received a mayor scholarship and a letter of appreciation for her high academic achievements and leadership skills. And in 2019 and 2020, she won first place in swimming at the regional level in various disciplines from 200 meters to swim relay. And she won the award for scholar athlete. Her favorite quote is, you are the greatest project you will ever work on. Evelina, how are you today? Hello, I'm great. Feeling good today. How about you? I'm feeling fantastic. I am ready. And I want to begin with something really emotional. So you, when you want to forget all troubles, to feel alive and feel your favorite emotions, what is an activity you like to do to feel just like that? So from the very young age, since five, I have been doing swimming and that is why it is the activity that brings me calmness and at the same time, the greatest emotions that I can feel because I have a lot of great memories connected to it. A lot of uh, people who made me happy in the sport. And after this, it's just like a therapy for me. When I have some troubles or anything like that, I just love going to the swimming pool with nobody else, taking my goggles, bathing suit, and just swimming for a long time. Um, during that time, I can just overthink everything in my head. And after that, when I get out of the pool, I just feel full of energy, full of great emotions. And I just feel happy after that. And not a long time ago, also, I started doing yoga, which is extremely another kind of activity that is different from swimming. And it also helps me to be on my own, with my thoughts, and just to relax in some way. 
So sport is the best therapy for me that helps me to overcome some problems and just to become happier and to feel better. That sounds wonderful. So if I heard you correctly, since five years old, you have been swimming. So you have a lot of great memories attached as well as great people throughout your journey of swimming. So now when you need to think things through to escape, whether the monotony of life or the stress, you head to the swimming pool, you wear your goggles and your swimming gear, and you swim, 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 thinking things over until you have some kind of clarity or release. And when you leave the water, you're feeling refreshed, energetic, happy, and balanced. Did I understand correctly? Yes, this is 100% right. Well, I noticed something that you mentioned the people you met through swimming. But you're speaking about swimming alone and doing yoga alone. So how can you meet people if you're being alone? Uh, so um, I mean something a little bit different. So um, I like to be alone when I need to balance my life, to overthink some problems and just to get some new emotions, so to say, to balance my inside state, so to say. But I mean that I love swimming a lot because of the people I met during my journey of this sport. I mean that this sport is associated with so many great memories because of the team that I had for a long time. They were always cheering me up and bringing those positive emotions. So, I mean, when I need to overthink something, I'm swimming along and Swimming is a great sport for me, great therapy, because I have a lot of memories that, that are connected to people, are connected to all the events that we had together and all that has happened in the past, maybe something like this. Thank you. And I noticed you mentioned new emotions. Well, to me, I cannot really understand what that means because I feel that emotions already exist like happiness, anger, surprise, fear, excitement. So how can there be new emotions? Because I heard this often. Can you explain it to me, you as a reteller of poetry and eloquent girl? What does it mean, new emotions? Uh, it's not a kind of a new emotion that doesn't exist. It's just kind of the feeling that you have inside after the after every time you get out of the water. So I'm really, really, really into sport. And as I already mentioned, it is like a therapy for me. So every time I swim and after that, when I get out of the water, it's just the, the state that you just can't even retell another person. You just feel it's just like the feeling of happiness, but maybe in another way. So if you like doing something really much, after doing it, you just have those emotions that are born in your body. I love that. And so I will ask you about emotions and how you experience them because it's so fascinating. There was like a few people who I asked after I discovered that Mozart had this synesthesia condition 
where he felt emotions and music as colors and abstract like shapes in his mind. And he didn't feel them like other people. And therefore he was painting with his music emotionally rather than any other way. And that made him a genius. So I asked one of the girls like about how did she feel emotions? Is it like energy in your body? Is it thoughts in your head? Is it like you see yourself in other places? Some people said like, oh, I feel like a sunset in my chest. Other people said, I feel like there are animals, like little insects crawling on my hand and butterflies in my stomach when I'm in love. And one girl said, when I feel angry, I feel like my eyes are dark and there is an explosion in my head. Another one said it's like swimming in a sea of energy. How do you feel emotions since you seem an emotional kind of girl? Okay, so from my point of view, my emotions are something, it's like you're becoming a flower maybe, and you're um, attracting all of the sun maybe, because... Mm, it's an interesting question. So maybe I'm feeling that I don't have any negative um, like messages in my head. I'm not thinking about anything negative and all it's only positivity, great memories, great um, influence maybe from another people. I'm just feeling so happy that I can't think of anything bad or negative. Something like this. I love this. Let's explore it because it's a metaphor. So it's like a flower and you're attracting the sun rays or the sun to you, correct? Mm -hmm. Something like this, yeah. What kind of flower is that flower? Oh, hmm. maybe it is a rose, but it has to be a pink one. <laughs> a pink rose? Yeah. Tell me more. Like first, what is your association with the color pink? Is it like Barbie and girly? Is it emotional <laughs> and happy? What is your own feelings and emotions about the color pink? To be honest, uh, pink color uh, for me, it's not about Barbies and something girlish because when I was a child, I didn't really like to play with dolls. I was all into books and my parents were really shocked about it because they thought that every kid likes to play. I also like to play, but more attention was paid to books, to some journals, to some videos for kids when I was learning algebra, geometry, and so on. So I really liked it. But the color pink... And sometimes people say don't wear the pink glasses. So it means that you're in the world of imagination. You don't pay attention to any accidents, incidents in the world, any enemy and so on. So color pink is associated with the world of imagination, maybe, where everything is calm, where there is like no war, no... Um, negative emotions as i said before everything is just beautiful like in a fairy tale maybe tell me more about that because you mentioned that it's in a world of imagination where you are somewhat disconnected from reality at the same time as a scholar and a scientist almost 
that is like the antithesis, the antithesis to being a scientist. So how do you combine both? Are you more of the emotional kind, the logical kind? And tell me really about that. Is escaping reality the best way to feel new emotions? Or what is so interesting about that? So to be honest, I'm more of a logical and realistic type of person because I don't like building castles in the air and I like to take everything seriously and looking at the things practically because I think that in the future when I become older, uh, I will need to face a lot of problems, a lot of obstacles where I cannot wear those pink glasses and see everything like in the world of imagination. But to be honest, sometimes I want to live in that world of imagination just for a few minutes where I don't see any bad situations and just I can close my eyes and relax a little bit. But this is happening not really always. I'm trying to be practical, to be realistic, and take the situations as they are. Because I believe that it will help me in the future a lot. As I already said, a lot of negative situations may happen, and I have to overcome them in some way. So being in that world, in the pink world, will have a negative effect on me later. Thank you. So if I heard you correctly, your basic way of being is to be logical, thoughtful, to solve things in a practical way and to think about things. Because in the future, when you will face a problem or a negative situation that is much more empowering and useful than the pink glasses, but after swimming or yoga or in for a few minutes to relax from that, to wear your pink glasses, to be a pink flower attracting the sun is the right thing for you to feel new emotions and maybe even flow so that you're balanced and recharged. Did I understand correctly? Yes, 100% correctly. Do you believe, and this is a difficult question, that logic really can solve all problems? I think that no. At first, the person has to look at the problem and think about it for a few times before taking the decision, uh, especially when the problem is really difficult or important. And I believe that logic can solve the problems only in some ways, but also people have to listen to their soul and to their heart because sometimes it's a better way of the resolution of some problems. And it really depends on the people that are around, on your mental state, I think, and on your feelings because sometimes people have the feeling on whether they should listen to the logical part or to their soul and their heart. And there is also like the quote that you always have to follow your heart. So it always depends. 
but I believe that logic can not always resolve the problem. Thank you. And to make sure that I understand correctly, is listening to your heart the same as following your intuition, or are they two separate things? I think they are really similar, but there is a little difference. It's really hard to explain it, but the person just has to feel it because it's inside of every person. Maybe for somebody, intuition and following the heart is the same, but talking about myself, following my heart and following my intuition has just a little difference, but there is a difference. Thank you. And I'm curious, when you need to make a logical decision, where do your emotions go? Do you turn them off? Like some people say, do you feel them, but you take more into account the logical results? Or how do you deal with emotions when you have to be a brainiac? Mm -hmm. To be honest, um, it's not really hard for me to control my emotions. I just do it from the inside. So I understand that I have to control my emotions right now. I understand that I have to um, only use my logical thinking and not to con control my emotions, as I said. So for me, it's not really difficult, and I just know how to do it. I just sit at my table, take my pen maybe if I need to take some notes. I'm just thinking, writing something down that I have to think about, and then I'm making the decision. I also have to be in a uh, silent place where no people are interrupting me. And also, I don't like to listen to any other opinions because usually they just mask me up sometimes. If I'm making the decision, I'm making it on my own. Thank you. So you like to sit in a silent place, maybe on a like a table and having a pen to take notes and you think logically, you turn off emotions and you don't want to hear other people's opinions when you're making a logical decision because they can mess you up, correct? Yeah, and also I'm trying to turn off my phone because usually a lot of messages are coming and it also interrupts me because I have the flow of ideas maybe and I have to stay with them. But if something interrupts me, it's just really hard to concentrate one more time. Thank you. So it requires concentration. And what are your thoughts about some psychological studies that show that realistic, pragmatic, practical people make better decisions, but they're more depressed than people with the rosy glasses who live uh, with delusional optimism in this world? Um, in some way, I think it's true because I have an example of an acquaintance. It is a girl. And she is not really practical. As you said, she lives in the world of that imaginary world. She's wearing those pink glasses always. And even when she has big problems, she says, I'm going to deal with them. Everything is fine. 
And I think she doesn't even have negative emotions. She is never sad and she is always optimistic because she is not concerned about everything that is happening around and she is not practical, so to say. And the people who are always thinking about their everyday life, they are taking the problems really deeply. They are um, holding them in their head and they cannot push them away because the mind of something negative is taking control over them. I think it makes them depressed because... They understand that living in the world of imagination is not right and they have to deal everything in real world. So it just depends on the type of the person. Talking about myself, I'm not depressed when I have some problems and I'm realistic at the same time. But I don't like the state of depression because... I think it doesn't help to resolve the problem. It just makes them worse and it's harder to get out that state. So I'm not very always wearing the pink glasses, but I'm not also in the depression. So I think there is a kind of people that is the, between the pink world and the depression. Thank you. And I'm wondering now whether I ask a very advanced question or not. So first, I'm wondering, when you'll go to university, do you have an idea of which disciplines or topics you might choose? Because if you're choosing a topic that I'm thinking about, I will ask this advanced question. If not, I will ask something else. I want to study psychology. Okay. In the philosophy of science... It's not really possible to be scientific because the human brain distorts information and therefore no person in this world can see reality without any projections or purely because the neurons that fire or whatever they perceive with their brain is influenced by their history, their uh, expectations, etc. And therefore, one big problem with science, even if it's supposed to be exact, it's still an assumption because even instruments are made by humans. And therefore, whatever they're measuring, we're not really sure they're measuring what we think they are measuring because the person who is making them is making them according to their own life history expectations and brains and therefore in the philosophy of science we're finding that science really isn't something more exact than non-science it's just that something we are temporarily agreeing on (laughs) until something else comes and we hope it's real but in science there is no truth there is only temporary agreement so scientists don't say this is it they say we probably think that this is the hypothesis that is has not been proved unproven or disproved yet what are your thoughts about this if you're thinking about logic knowing that logic deals with validity not with truth and therefore your brain has an assumption in it 
that is making the beginning of that logic impossible to see the truth and all human beings are that way oh it's a hard question (laughs) okay so talking about the science uh i agree with it because as you said there are a lot of people who are making their assumptions and there are millions of opinions millions of thoughts that people have in their head and like the greatest one are putting them uh for the world to see and after that they are choosing like the greatest opinion related to some subject or to some topic but after that if a greatest scientist comes and gives a better theory, people take it. And no one is really sure whether it is right or not. And talking, what was the second question question about people's logic connected to it? Well, if you study logic, you'll understand that logic doesn't at all deal with truth. It only deals with validity. So is your reasoning valid, but they don't care of what's inside it. You know what I mean? And therefore, if the first thing you begin with is wrong, you will have a wrong conclusion, but your logic will be perfect. So since humans really, you need to begin with an assumption. Do you know what I mean? Like if we assume we are alive, well, some other people like Elon Musk will say, There is a theory that we are in a simulation. We're not alive. You know what I mean? Like logic doesn't care about truth. It just, you need to have a first assumption that you accept as a truth. And then based on that, you create valid logic. But if that first assumption is wrong, everything else will be wrong, but it will be logical. Mm -hmm. And therefore, trying to solve problems with logic is not really always is not realistic unless you already solved the problem. What I mean is, if the problem is a new thing that never happened before, you need to assume things about it that you can only know after you solve it, (laughs) which means sometimes being creative and doing something totally random can be more effective than logic. What are your thoughts about this? Because most scientists say, we don't need more logic, we need more imagination. Yes, I agree with you and about everything that you said before. I think it's 100% right. And even talking about logic, for every person, logic is something different. For example, we have the same task with my friend and we are discussing it. And I'm saying, okay, so I know how to logically do it. So here is my logic and I'm expressing my opinion in in one way. And he is saying something, oh, are you really talking about it? It's not logical at all. So my logic is that la 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 la. So, and he he is starting to explain something in a different way. So I think that logic is something that we can't really explain. And for every person, it's something personal because it is based on the opinions, the opinions that were based on their past life, maybe, and their experience in the past. So maybe sometimes it's better to use the creativity and it might might be even better to use in some situations because 
as you said, maybe logic is based on some past experience, some past relations with people, some past decisions, and everything that you have in present, maybe. That's my opinion about it. Thank you very much. And I want to return to swimming and to water. What is your best and most favorite moment when you're swimming? Is it maybe the beginning when you jump in and you feel your body totally out from earth and into the sphere of uh, water? Or is it when you feel it on your skin and you're gliding like a fish? Or is it when you're floating without moving and just feeling yourself supported by the energy of water? Or what is to you the part that really, really gets you that new emotion when it comes to swimming? The best part for me is when I stop swimming my relay and I get out of the water, I just touch the part of the swimming pool where I have to finish and I get out of the water and I look around and then I see that I'm the first one or the second one so I get the good result and all of my teammates are are around me and they are cheering me up and they are screaming something like good job you did it and I have those emotions there that are feeling my body from the inside and feeling so happy and endorphin and everything is happening inside of me and I have a mind something like I did it and yes that's just like a happy moment when I stop swimming my relay and everything is around cheering me up and I understand that I got the good results and everything is great yes something like this you did it I did it you say to yourself and your teammates are cheering you up and you got the good results and you go from your relay and stand up and see you are the first or the second and your teammates are around you cheering you, correct? Yeah, correct. How does that feel inside? And do you have other situations that give you that same feeling? Um, I think of the situation that I have described before um, is the best one and gives the brightest emotions, maybe. But also the situations when our team is celebrating maybe our victory or something like this, when we sit down in the bus after a really difficult competition and we get the cup or the medals and we all have the great emotions and we are sharing them and we are discussing the relays, um, the swim and everything that have happened and we discuss our opponents and it's just like we're on the cloud nine. And also just the process of swimming. If you like doing something, you like every moment of it. Maybe some moments are more joyful, some of them are less joyful, but in general, everything is great. Thank you. So it's about enjoying the process and 
having good results, but not alone. It's more about celebrating together and sharing the good results with others and with a team. Did I understand correctly? Yes, it is right. And tell me about you. You are productive. How is your approach to productivity, especially that you cannot, as a student, love everything? Or maybe you love all subjects. I don't know. But how can you be productive? Yes, in organizing your day, but also in doing or getting good results at subjects you might not really love. Um, okay, so let's start with being productive. Um, I have a special planner where every evening I put my plans for the next day and I make like bullet points with everything that I have to do. Um, in the evening of the next day, I put the ticks near the things that I have done and I don't put the ticks near the thing that I haven't done. If I see that I have done everything that I have planned, I see that my day was productive and I was organized. But if I have some things unticked, I'm thinking like, why didn't I do it? Was it the time a problem? Was it the laziness problem? Or was it just like some consequences or some obstacles that managed that influenced me not to do it and after rethinking everything I just I just understand what I have to work on more and what I have to change uh, what I have to change in the future plans and um, I've been doing it for maybe three months already and I love the paper variant more than the phone uh, variant because I love using paper. I love taking the pen or the pencil and writing everything down, not using the keyboard. Um, talking about being good at the subject. I One say- second before that, mm-hmm. is it like a bullet journal or does it have a name or is it something you just logically created? Um, I didn't create it. It was already ready, so to say. It was a present from my friend. So it is called a planner, and you have to write down your goals here. It has the divided days of the week, like Monday, Tuesday, and so on. And you can write everything that you want down, but I'm writing my plans there. I love it. One second. Because you can write any goals but we only have 24 hours in the day. How do you prioritize? How do you know which goals you will go for and put your resources on rather than doing many things and then finding out, oh, that was useless or, oh, that goal wasn't really what I wanted or that goal wasn't the most important? Okay, so the thing is that I don't uh, usually write the big goals for each day because it has another section, for example, my plans for the whole week and my plans for the whole month. So I like to write down my goals uh, until the week 
section or into the months section. So if it's a bigger goal, I know that I have more time for it. For example, if it's applying to the college of my dream or applying for the scholarship or something like this. I'm writing it down for the plans for the months and I um, I set up the deadlines because I know that it's something really important for me and I have to concentrate on it. But also in the plans for my weeks, I'm dividing the words that I have to do. For example, the list of motivation I'm doing this week the achievements I'm doing that big and I'm dividing in this I'm taking something the bigger um time and then I'm dividing my like bullet plans into smaller period of time so it helps perfect how many goals do you work on at the same time (laughs) concurrently I'm trying to specify on one goal, but sometimes it can be two goals when I have the limited time and when I know that I cannot postpone the second one till late. Yes, and how do you choose which goal goes first? Like you said, you postpone the second one, which means, well, what are your criteria, your process, your way of knowing which one will be the first so that you know there will be a second it's just the feeling of what is more important to me because when i have the goal that i've been thinking for a long time i've been dreaming about it for a long time and i know that i won't have a second chance or something like this i prioritize it and the second one has to be less important for me. It might not be the dream of my life or something like this. Thank you. It's something important. So again, like you mentioned before, it's about following your heart and listening to your emotions to know what to do, correct? Yes, exactly. Thank you. And what are your thoughts about the educational system, whether in Ukraine or in general, that makes students study many subjects and topics, and some of them they love, and other ones maybe they don't like at all. It's not their personality or their nature. How do you think about that? Do you think, for example, that it's absolutely perfect so that students will have a diverse set of knowledge? Or do you believe more that students should follow their hearts and maybe have a basic knowledge that is common, and then after that, They can choose their own subjects. And for you, how do you deal with getting great grades at subjects you might really not like? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, To be honest, I think that studying a lot of subjects, even those that you don't really like, might be helpful at elementary school or secondary school where children don't understand yet what is math, for example, what is Ukrainian, what is English, what is history, and they have just to get that feeling of understanding what that subject presents or what another subject presents. And after that, when they get the general opinion, when they understand their likes and dislikes, It's like the middle of secondary school and the beginning of high school. I think it's much better to give a 
pupils, students, the choice um, where they can choose the subject that they want to continue studying or the subject that they want to study deeply. Uh, because it will also influence their future career. It will influence the way of their understanding of the subject in general and the way it, everything works in that sphere. But some subjects like history of your own country, I think, I think general math, your own language, like Ukrainian, for example, for us, English, French, or other nationalities are extremely important to learn because I think that every human being, for example, every Ukrainian has to know the general history, has to know how to write correctly, how to speak correctly in our language, and also how to count. <laughs> so. I believe that it's important to do in high school to prioritize, to give them the choice to prioritize some subject, but there are some subjects that are important for everyone, I think. Thank you. That is great logic, and I see your logic there. So to ask you, many of the girls on my podcast who said they're logical, they said also that often they have this really stern face that is too serious, especially when they went to the US in flex or they travel abroad or even in Ukraine, where the girl can be shopping or sitting in a park and her face is so serious. Other people think, why is she so angry? But no, she can be happy inside. It's just her face. Is that your situation too? Sometimes it may happen. But usually I'm that kind of a person that I always smile. But there are a lot of situations when I'm always concentrated on something. For example, I have an important message from someone and I'm reading it. So I'm not going to smile. Um, not because I'm angry or because I'm serious. I'm serious, I mean, but not because that I'm not happy. It happens sometimes, but it's like 50-50 situation. Thank you. And if, if I were to ask you, because you said you're more logical, but how important are emotions in your life? I think emotions are extremely important because... They make an atmosphere around you. They influence your mood. They influence the mood of another people around you. They influence your environment. They influence the decisions you make. They influence everything. And I think without emotions, our world would be not the same. It would be so gray and sad, so to say. And sometimes, even if I feel sad sometimes, and my friends are so happy, they smile, and they want to cheer me up, their emotions influence me, and they pass all of the positivity to me, and then I feel just amazing. I just get their energy, and all of it is thanks to emotions. So are you able to feel other people's energy and emotions easily? 
Can you feel it even if they don't speak with you or do you need a conversation in order to have that exchange of energy and emotions? Yes, I'm that kind of a person that I understand who people are really easily. I understand their inside state and even after talking to them for a few minutes not for a few minutes it's not going to be enough maybe um just for a short time i can understand what they're thinking what what their hobbies sometimes are so i feel their energy inside and uh, in most situations i'm right so what i'm thinking is correct thank you and Sometimes some people click right away. They feel, wow, this is my person. I know this person for a hundred years or whatever from the first minute. While other people say, no, I have never experienced that. I always need to open up slowly over three or four meetings to people before I show my emotions and I understand I can trust this person and they are my kind of person. What kind of girl are you can you have instant chemistry and click with some people right away or do you often or always need time and time and time in order to build friendships and connections i'm not the type of a person that can click that can click with people and open right away Uh, to be honest i have never had something like this um in my life because I need some time to understand the person. I'm opening myself up slowly and I don't need like a lot of time. It can be two or three meetings, but from the first time I have never had anything like that. Even if you like a guy, you act very serious and you're closed in the first one or two meetings, And is that similar to the rose that opens because of the sun slowly (laughs) or not? Because that's the metaphor I'm imagining. Uh, No. Uh, Talking about the guy that I like, it's a little bit different. I will be very positive. I will be myself, so to say. But I have never had such chemistry that like from the first moment, from the first, first words, I feel so something like it's my person. Usually I have something like, oh, I don't think that I would be friends with this person. But after um, staying in touch, after spending some time together, we become extremely close and something is changing and we become trusting. It, we start trusting each other and we become best friends. So it really depends and some situations are not predictive. But you said you can feel the reality of people very quickly within minutes and you're almost always right. So how can you be that way? And at the same time, you might think nothing will happen with this person, but something will change and you become best friends. And you notice this is as a pattern of possibility. So when I was saying that I who the person is I meant that I understand um, like the character of the person uh, her hobbies what her thoughts what her opinions are but sometimes I 
have my friends, all of my friends have different types of characters, they have different hobbies, and sometimes an extremely different person uh, from me can become my best friend. And um, it is right now like this. So I mean that I understand the person from the inside, but sometimes the things change and it somebody can become my best friend even I didn't expect it. So I knew what kind of the person it was, but I couldn't connect us together. But after that, it can happen that we become friends, really close friends. Thank you. And because of the pandemic, a lot of people felt stuck or depressed or bad. But in general, do you have any advice that people can use in order to feel more and have at least access to those rosy uh, colored glasses or to live a better life or any advice that will help them work better and feel better in the most important project they will ever work on, which is themselves. Yes, the best advice is just never stop progressing, never stop developing yourself and always do the thing that you like. If you feel depressed and if you like drawing, start drawing. If you like singing, start singing. If you like hanging out with friends or doing something fun, do it. Because it brings you great emotion. It brings you the feeling of happiness. And it will help you not to feel depressed. Because when I'm feeling sad, as I already said, I go swimming because it's my therapy. And I think it's personal for every human being in in our world. And you have to find your your thing in life. What you get the most emotions from. What do you love doing? What do you think about every day? So something that you enjoy. It will always cheer you up, bring you great mood. And spend time with your family, with your friends, because those are people who will always help you, no matter what. That is great advice. Thank you, Evelina. And if people want to follow you to learn more about you, what is the best social media to do that? And is there any project that you support that you wish to raise awareness about? then maybe this is a time to speak about it or at least just wish Ukraine and the world a better day, better mood and more peace. Okay, so talking about social media, the best uh, media social media is Instagram and it's Evelina dash So my first and last name and talking about the project um, I'm volunteering in the Engine program, and it's a great program for Ukrainian people um, to raise their level of English, to practice their English with Ukrainians, with Americans in different nationalities in the world. So you can just register there. You can uh, find a body related to your interests and related to what you like doing 
um, you can choose whether it can be the girl or a boy and you, or you don't worry about it and you can practice your English um, really without paying money for it. It's a great resource and I think that English is international level and it's really important for everyone to develop it, to speak it and to be heard. So, yep, thank you so much for interviewing me. It was my pleasure to talk to you and share my experience with you. And yes, I think that's it. You're welcome. Thank you, Evelina. It was my honor, my privilege, and I wish you a great day. Have a nice day too.